Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Data Blitz podcast. This is the Week 12 Thanksgiving games and etc. recap. Um, missed kind of all last week. Uh, just kind of getting off the ground here and had honestly didn't really plan ahead, but have no idea how to record on the road at the same time. Um, I have a lot of my recording stuff set up to my PC, which is like 50 pounds. And then I have a, an external mic that I would not prefer to bring on the road unless I get a traveling case. So I know Thanksgiving is just going to be like the one time of the year um, that that potentially is going to be an issue. Um, but, you know, it gives me 12 months to figure it out. So looking forward to that. Um, actually, now that I think about it, Christmas is going to be an issue as well. So I got to figure that out a little bit quicker. Um, but definitely a great week of games. Um, if you haven't tuned in before, um, what we do in this Dynasty recap is go over the last week's key highlights. Um, so that's this week that would mean Frank Reich being fired, Zach Wilson being benched, um, among other things. There really isn't much left to go over. Uh, then we go into rookie risers, rookie fallers. And then overall risers, overall fallers, um, just in terms of dynasty value um, projecting forward based off of last week's results. So uh, I guess we can jump right into it. As I mentioned, first thing I want to go over is Frank Reich being fired. Um, I think this is probably a plus for Bryce Young. I feel like the coaching and just the overall schemes haven't been great in Carolina. Um, Bryce has had to make some tight window throws, faced a lot of pressure from uh, especially his blind side. Um, and I'm interested to see how it looks going forward. I'm definitely keeping an eye on Bryce Young going forward um, this week against Tampa Bay, um, who's the fourth worst pass defense against opposing quarterbacks. Um, and I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I think this change was definitely needed. Um, and I do think Bryce Young has been negatively impacted by Frank Reich's coaching. So let's see what this lands us at going forward into the next week. Um, the next guy or the next kind of thing that I want to talk about here is Zach Wilson um, and Zach Wilson's benching. Um, honestly, I don't really think it has I, I like have held Zach Wilson in a few different situations just you know because why not it's not like you can sell him for anything traded like a decent amount just for Travis Kelsey and got Zach Wilson's throw in um and then in a dynasty auction I got Zach Wilson I think off waivers or for like one dollar at the end of it when it was a thousand dollar thing so ended up with a starter for a few weeks um but uh, Zach Wilson is pretty much dead here. He's been pretty miserable all season. Uh, week 11, 46.7% completion, 81 yards against Buffalo, one touchdown, one interception. Basically, when Zach Wilson's on the field, it feels like he throws the ball, um, you know, out of bounds or, or misses the receiver completely, or he hits Garrett Wilson. But, um, you know, there's not much else there. For them, uh, Zach Wilson just is kind of dead in terms of fantasy value. I don't really see him ever coming back. I honestly don't know if he's a backup. He's kind of like a Nathan, Nathan Peterman in that sense. Like he's he's going to hurt your team more than 
uh, the standard backup, which is why Tim Boyle got some starts, or at least a start this past week. Um, so I think Zach Wilson is, you know, not the guy going forward. Aaron Rodgers should be back soon enough, uh, whether that's this year or next year. But if Aaron Rodgers does come back, that means, you know, the Jets are probably in the playoffs and, and Zach Wilson is not going to get the start there um, this year. And then if, if he comes back next year, you know, Zach Wilson's going to be not starting again. So uh, I think this is a plus for, you know, maybe Garrett Wilson, um, but truly really no impact uh, to most Jets players here. Um, it just feels like, you know, Zach Wilson is going to be Zach Wilson and he's going to suck. Um, so that's all I got there. Um, jumping into the rookie risers segment. Um, I have a couple guys at the quarterback position. One of them we already mentioned. I think Bryce Young sees an uptick in value here in the next few weeks. Um, I think Frank Reich, again, was holding him back a little bit. I kind of already went through this whole speech, but it just feels like he's overdue for kind of a breakout game. Um, he's had some consistency, especially in the middle of the season, weeks four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, they had the bye week seven. Um, and then we did see a little bit of a down downgrade with around – he hasn't hit 200 passing yards since week eight against Houston. Uh, past three weeks, 55% completion, 55% completion, 58% completion. Um, and he's really been struggling. So I think, you know, now is a good time for a change. Um, so I'm excited to see what's coming forward for him. Next guy that I have here is Aiden O'Connell. Um, Aiden O'Connell is coming off a pretty great week. Honestly, uh, 271 yards, 6.6 yards per attempt, one touchdown uh, against Miami. Um, and then they had that game this past week. You know, he did throw three interceptions in that game, but I, I didn't hate what I saw, to be honest. Um, you know, he's going to be taking some risks all season long. And like, I, I don't know. Um, he's only had, what was that? His, that was his fifth start, so... Can't really expect Miami's defense has really seen an uptick this past few weeks, but you can't really expect that much out of Aiden O'Connell. But then we see Aiden O'Connell um, this past week against the Chiefs go for 248 yards, 23 for 33, average 10.8 yards per completion, um, and a touchdown against the Chiefs defense. Chiefs defense had been pretty solid. Um, pretty much the whole year. Um, and Aiden O'Connell looked solid against them. So I'm impressed with what I saw there. Um, I, I'm definitely interested to see what happens next week um, with Aiden O'Connell. Uh, I think they're actually on bye next week. Yeah, they're on bye this upcoming week. So then we have December 10th. Uh, they play in Minnesota. Um, and that would be a home game. So... And then they have a short week against Las Vegas or uh, the Chargers. So interested to see how Aiden O'Connell looks after the bye. Um, I think what I saw this past week was a big uptick in his value. Um, he is like 25. So, but this like made me think that there might be a chance that he's the starter next year. Um, which, you know, starter in any format is valuable. So, 
Aiden O'Connell um, does have a chance going forward. Next guy that I have here um, is going to be Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice finally had his breakout game. Uh, you know, there's not much to say beyond that. He finally went for you know over a hundred yards. Finally got his first, like not his first touchdown. Uh, first game over hundred yards. Uh, additionally, got a touchdown. Eight receptions, ten targets. Um, you know the yards, receptions, and targets. Uh, are all highs for the season for him. 24.7 fantasy points. Um, just a huge fan of what we saw there. Definitely an uptick in value. It's kind of realizing some of that potential. Um, and I'm a fan of that going forward. I think, you know, keep an eye on him next week against Green Bay. Um, that's kind of all I got to say. Uh, Green Bay has been pretty good against opposing wide receivers, but I, I would say Rasheed Rice might have a pretty good chance against uh, them to to go off again. I want to see that trend continue, um, but you know, good start to what could be a solid trend. Next guy we have is Bijan. Uh, Bijan's kind of been let out, uh, let let to go free. He had 19 touches this past week for 123 yards and two touchdowns. This is uh, after week 10 where he had, you know. 24 touch or no 23 touches 106 yards and a touchdown um just feels like Bijan's kind of uh similar to Rashi Rice starting to come into some of that value you know Bijan was a much higher rated value and prospect so expect more out of him um this is kind of what we expected to see all season long um great to see it finally happening feels like Arthur Smith is letting him cook a little bit and that's exciting so um I'd say Bijan is back in that, you know, wide or sorry, running back one, dynasty running back one conversation, um, especially with Jonathan Taylor out for the next few weeks with thumb injury. I know that shouldn't really impact it too much, but it probably will. Um, next guy I have here, uh, and the last rookie riser of the week is Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta, um, you know, eight eight targets, five receptions, a touchdown, forty seven yards. Super solid game out of him. Um, you know, that's what you can honestly expect. Uh, it was kind of a bounce back after an eight-point game and a 6.8-point game uh, against the Chargers and Bears. But it does feel like Sam Laporta kind of got back into the groove this past week, um, even while the Lions' offense wasn't looking great. So I don't really know how much higher Sam Laporta's value can go. But uh, it's good to see him continue to be on the right path there um, and putting up fantasy points. All right, jumping into the rookie fallers section. We only have a few guys this week. Um, no quarterbacks, so we can jump into the wide receiver. Um, so that's going to be Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'm definitely scared of Geno right now. Um, I don't think Geno's long-term solution um jackson smith and jigba had three targets two receptions 41 yards did have a good you know streak in between week six and week oh kind of week 10 of 50 ish yards a game 50 to 60 yards per game um and getting multiple targets uh you know seven seven four five so this past week, he fell off a little bit down to three targets, two receptions, 41 yards. 
But the issue what I'm seeing right now is that Gino's mostly kind of sort of able to sustain uh, pretty good receivers. But I think they might look elsewhere at quarterback next year. And we don't know if that uh, quarterback that comes in is going to be able to sustain, you know, DK, Lockett if he stays, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, so I, I'm a little bit wary of putting my faith in his stock going forward. Um, I have, you know, like one share of JSN. Um, I'm holding right now. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, the expectation was that next year was going to be his opportunity, but it does feel like with the QB uncertainty in um, Seattle, there, there could be, a, you know, maybe two years of lower than wanted production before we really see what we want. Um, I, I don't know what I would sell for right now. Like maybe honestly still like closer to two first, uh, you know, maybe like a top four pick would get it done. Um, but like two later first would also maybe get it done for me. Um, and maybe like a top six and a, and a mid second would also do that. So JSN, um, Somebody to keep an eye on going forward. Let's see how Gino works out. I know it's San Francisco, and they're pretty solid. Uh, this upcoming week, they're going against Dallas, though. Um, so I think there's a good chance that JSN doesn't really see any uptick there. And on the same page, uh, Zach Charbonnet was supposed to have his breakout game this week. Um, ended up with 14 carries, four receptions for 58 total yards. Um Kind of did me dirty in DFS. Um, was just definitely expecting a lot more out of him, even though it was against the San Francisco defense. Um, I, I don't think Kenneth Walker is going to be back the next week. So keep an eye on Charbonnet and see if he's able to get something done against the Dallas defense. But they are one of the best defenses against uh, running backs. So it's an issue. Um I kind of expected, you know, Charbonnet to come in and show us some flashes. Uh, he was a second-round pick. Um, I think he was like the third or fourth, third running back off the board. Um, honestly, I maybe think second. I gotta think about it. Definitely not second. Uh, third, I think. Yeah, after after Gibbs. Um, so Charbonnet is supposed to, you know, come in and be some type of guy, but. You know, Kenneth Walker is definitely that dude right now in Seattle. So um, might have to wait that out or he just kind of takes a hit in value. Honestly, I don't think they're going to let Kenneth Walker walk. So that's where I'm at with Charbonnet right now. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens going forward. Finally, um, Luke Musgrave takes a bit of a hit. Um I know we did kind of see an uptick from Jordan Love, but Musgrave might be out for like the, the rest of the year with a lacerated kidney. Um, he was hospitalized with it, so wish nothing for the best for him. Um, I think he, you know, he didn't get the, the value um, that I thought he was going to get this year. I think he comes in maybe hot next year, but. I think you can probably acquire Musgrave for like a second pick or a second rounder right now. Um, 
like a late second, ideally, because you probably spent that on him. But, uh, you know, he's not panning out the way I wanted him to for for a guy of his, like, athletic caliber. So we'll see what happens going forward. Um, but Musgrave is a guy that, you know, probably locked in at his value for the rest of the year. And it might even go down a little bit more. He might be able to get him for, like, two-thirds or Josh Palmer. Um, so... That's all I got for rookie fallers. Um, so we can jump right over into the overall rises and fallers. Okay. Uh, to start off here, I'm sure you're probably not surprised, but it's Jordan Love. Um, Jordan Love showed some serious promise last week against the Lions. Um, I don't know why I don't have that stats. So he came in and was, you know, Pretty strong against the Lions. Uh, found a lot of his receivers, uh, you know, Jaden Reed, Christian Watson, uh, Dontavian Wicks. Right? Um, and, you know, t- Tyler, Tucker Craft? Tyler Craft. Tucker Craft um, for a touchdown. Definitely a big fan of him going forward. Uh, I'd, I'd need to see it again probably two, three more weeks out of Christian Watson just to make sure that's not a fluke. Um, but that's just the Christian Watson side. Jordan Love made some great throws, averaged 12.2 yards per attempt, threw for 268 yards, three touchdowns. Um, and they beat, you know, one of the hottest teams in the league. Um, and they beat him, you know, by, you know, not a crazy margin. They beat him by seven, but... I think the Lions scored at the end, if I can remember correctly. It was it was a while ago. Um, so I'm I'm just a huge fan of what I saw out of Jordan Love this past week. You know, 22 for 32. I think there's you know as a Packers fan, um, like three weeks ago, I was like thinking that we should maybe consider losing out. Uh, it'd be it'd be pretty funny and, and pretty great to end up with Caleb or Drake may. Um, but at this point I'm, I'm kind of curious, you know, what's that contract looking like for Jordan love in the off season? I believe he's an, he's an impending free agent. Uh, let's see. Like, I don't know. There's something there. Um, so Jordan loves the type of guy where I like, I'm willing to take a little bit of risk on him, maybe throw, 20 mil a year at Jordan Love, see if he takes it. Um, I think that would be, you know, best case scenario for Packers for Jordan Love. Um, and, you know, there's a chance that he's going to be the guy going forward in Green Bay. Um, it just feels like kind of all the rookies are clicking together. It obviously took a while to get here, but, you know, we beat one of the hottest teams in the league. So, interested to see how we look against the Chiefs this upcoming week. Um, give it to the end of the season to really make a verdict on Jordan Love, but he's been pretty good. Um, You know, he's had a few interceptions at the end of games uh, that have cost us, you know, like he's, he's driving down to try to tie or win the game. He he throws an interception that costs us the game, but it's like, this is almost his, I don't know how to even, it's kind of his rookie year, but like kind of not at all. Um, So, I just want to say that, you know, Jordan Love has a real chance to be the starter going forward in Green Bay for the next few years. Um, and that's that's exciting. It it feels like after this past week, it 
has a, a better chance in ha of happening than it did, you know, significantly better. It went up like 30%. Um, okay, so that's all I got to say about Jordan Love. Kyler Murray uh, is the next guy here. Um, Kyler's kind of showing us that he's still a very solid talent. Um, his rushing upside has been capped in all three games that he's played. 33 yards against Atlanta, 51 against Houston, and two this past week against the Rams. Uh, however, in all three games, he has a rushing touchdown, which has helped his fantasy output significantly. Uh, he was the quarterback 13 in week 10, his first week back. He quarterback six in week 11, his second week back. And then I don't know what quarterback he was this past week, but it was 20.4 fantasy points, which should put him around QB nine. Um, if I were to do my best guess there. Um, 60% completion, 256 yards. Um, I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Kyler so far. Uh, I think if you bought Kyler in the off season for, um, you know, QB 15 prices, you're loving your return on investment. He's probably more realistically a top nine. I don't know why I went with nine twice there. Maybe top 10 quarterback um, from a dynasty perspective in the league. And, and you probably did not pay that for him. Uh, I know I didn't. I traded Lamar. Or I traded, yeah, Lamar for Kyler in two firsts in one league. Like kind of forcing myself into this half rebuild, but who cares? Like, the value is absolutely there. Um, and now I'm getting top 12 quarterback numbers out of Kyler every week. So definitely loving the return there. Uh, definitely a good buy low. Or was, and now he's he's proven himself. Next guy that I have here is Kyron Williams. Um, honestly, from a dynasty perspective, his value is probably going up. Kyron Williams doesn't have any stats after week six. Um, so Kyron went absolutely nuts this past week. Um, he was able to run through the Cardinals for 143 yards. Um, and then he had two receiving touchdowns plus an additional 61 yards on the ground. So over 200 um, scrimmage yards. Uh, two touchdowns and finished with 38.4 PPR points. Um, Kyron, his value's going up. There's a, <laughs> for me, what this means is there's a good chance that he's a starter next year. I didn't really have high hopes in him. Honestly, I thought they might look to somebody in the draft or free agency. Um, I still think they might. Um, but the perceived value of Kyron is higher this week by a significant margin than it was last week. I think you should move off of Kyron if you have him. Um, it just feels like guys like this don't stay around very long. Um, think like James Robinson, um, even Damian Pierce. So we'll see what happens. Um, but just not a huge fan of him going forward. He did injure his ankle a little bit against the Cardinals this past week. So Kyron value up, but it's not actually. Um, he's not really a valuable year-to-year-to-year -to -year -to -year starting running back in the league. 
Um, but he might be perceived as a top 15 back right now. Um, I'm going to check keep, keep trade cut real quick. And we can see that Kyron Williams is... This is great podcasting. Kyron Williams is running back 13 on keep trade cut. He's probably not a top 20 running back going like next year. Think about where Kyron Williams is not a top 20 running back. Um, so I think he gets replaced. Uh, his value is an all time high. Um, move off him. If you, if you can, but his value did go up. Uh, the next guy that I have here is DJ Moore. Um, I believe I would have talked about DJ Moore last week if I was here, but DJ Moore coming off uh, two great games. Um, just feels like whenever Justin Fields is around, DJ Moore is going to be a top 12 um, option at wide receiver. And that kind of makes me sad because I love DJ Moore and I want him to continue to have success. I don't know if the next guy they bring in is going to have that same impact on DJ Moore. Uh, but right now he's coming off of, so this past week against Minnesota, 13 targets, uh, 11 receptions, 114 yards. And then the week before that against Detroit, nine targets, seven receptions, 96 yards and a touchdown, uh, 22 points both times. So I'm a huge fan of DJ Moore going forward. I think his value is very high. Um, if they stick with Justin Fields, it probably stays a little bit higher than if they bring in somebody else. But Either way, um, DJ Moore is going to have a quarterback that seems to look his way. Um, so I think DJ Moore takes an uptick in value this week. One more guy that I want to talk about is Michael Pittman. Um, Michael Pittman had has had two really solid games um, in these past two, I guess, three weeks because they had the week 11 bye, right? Or was he out? I think week 11 bye. Um you know, he had 12 targets, 8 receptions in Week 10 against New England, and then 13 targets, 10 receptions, 107 yards uh, this past week against Tampa Bay, uh, which really helped him get the win. Um, it feels like him and Josh Downs are, you know, a good one-two punch. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call them like lightning and thunder, but, you know, Michael Pittman seems to be that bigger receiver and then Josh Downs, uh, definitely a great slot receiver for them. So I'm a big fan of Michael Pittman going forward. I would probably wait till the off season to see if he stays or if he goes, um, before I buy him, but if he stays, uh, or ends up in a better situation, I think I'm looking at acquiring Michael Pittman. And then finally, for the overall risers, I want to talk about Pat Fryermuth. Um, Pat Fryermuth has barely played this season. I mean, week 1, 2, 3, 4, 11, and 12. Week 11 against Cleveland, you know, it was really disheartening to see. One target, one reception, seven yards on negative four air yards. Um... And that was at, um, you know, 56% snap share. But then week 12 comes along, 
Um, and it feels like the offense runs through Pat Fryermuth. Uh, he has 11 targets, nine receptions, 120 yards. Uh, most of those like across the middle um, and really helped them um, this past week against Cincinnati. I'm thinking that, you know, maybe this has something to do with the Matt Canada firing. Um, maybe it has something to do with Kenny Pickett needing him to be that big target right in the middle, uh, even though it's George Pickens. But either way, it feels like Pat Fryermuth is here to stay um, in Pittsburgh, and he's going to be a great asset going forward. Um, so I would definitely pay. Uh, it, it Maybe his value hasn't caught up to him yet. You can get him for like a first or something. Um, Pat Fryermuth has been kind of that dude. You know, in 2022, he was the 12th tight end and then in 2021 the 16th so feels like this is going to be his best year yet um just based off of fantasy points per game uh if he continues to you know step up in that offense uh so that does it for the overall risers this week and you know where i think their values jumped um we can jump right in over into the overall fallers. All right, so the first guy here I mentioned a couple times earlier. Um, that's Geno Smith. Um, and in general, the Seahawks receivers. Um, I'm sleeping on Geno this week. I think, you know, his value is definitely taking a big hit. He has been, you know, less than great, you know, especially the past week against the 49ers um pulling up the stats here he week 11 you know 64 percent completion 233 yards 6.9 uh yards per attempt um but only like one touchdown there finishes a qb19 uh, week nine 46 percent completion but that was against baltimore uh, 157 yards one interception, QB 30. Um, Geno's had two top 10 finishes this year from the QB position. It just feels like his personal value is definitely dead. Um, he's taken a lot of hits against uh, just, you know, producing value uh, consistently. And he's been, you know, in that range of QB 16 to 25, like every week. And that's just not a place where you're getting much value at all. Um, I guess he was kind of priced in at this point. Nobody was going to pay like a first for Gino, but um, now nobody will ever. So he's definitely, you know, his upswing is gone, is done. Um, and it feels like he's started to fall back down a little bit. He did have a pretty significant plateau uh, this whole off season. And, you know, the first like three, four weeks of the season before his value really caught up to him. Um, but it's very obvious now that he's a little bit more washed than he was last year, to be honest. Uh, and then this week he went 18 for 27, 180 yards, average 10 yards per attempt, but you know, one interception took six sacks, um, and wasn't able to support any receiver over 50 yards. DK had nine targets, three receptions, 32 yards. Lockett, five targets, three receptions, 30 yards. JSN, 
three targets, two receptions, 41 yards. Um, so I'm mostly scared because Gino's value is relevant to, to almost everyone right now. You know, you're not, if you're getting mid QB two numbers out of him, you're not happy, but you never expected, maybe you did expect QB one numbers, you know, forever from Gino, but he's 30, 34. Um, his drop off was like inevitable. It's the, it's the, not the Dallas, sorry. The Seahawks receivers that are taking the biggest hit from Gino um, right now because he's likely going to be replaced. Uh, what that replacement looks like, I don't know because the Seahawks aren't going to end up with like one of those super high picks. Um, so I would say that those receivers' futures are a little bit in question. Um, I think Lockett can leave. I don't know about DK, but um, JSN specifically is the guy that I'm concerned about. All right. Uh, jumping over, we have Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs is magic has run out. Um, this past week, he 68% completion. Not bad. 185 yards. Not great. 5.8 yards per attempt. Um four interceptions uh, and, you know, 11 rushing yards, which was one of his biggest upsides was his ability to run the ball. He had like third most rushing yards out of any quarterback in the league behind, or second, right behind Lamar Jackson uh, and maybe Jalen Hurts, but I think it was second. Now his magic is a little bit worn off. Um, he is struggling right now. You know, he's he's having he's maintaining high completion percentages, but it does feel like the, those four interceptions against the Bears might be the end of him. They said that they might look in different places after the bye week for their quarterback. I doubt they do, but um you know, Josh Dobbs value takes a hit. He had some magic on him and it feels like that magic has rubbed off and he's not going to be a starter next year. Um but his value wasn't really that high to begin with, so it doesn't really matter. Next guy that we have here is Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards takes a hit because Keaton Mitchell is starting to take up more carries. Uh, Gus Edwards had nine or eight carries this past week. I believe Keaton Mitchell had nine. Um, and then 37 yards on nine total touches from Gus Edwards isn't, isn't great. Um I think Keaton Mitchell starts to see more of a, you know, opportunity share going forward and Gus Edwards potentially takes the biggest hit there. Maybe they switch back to a little bit more of a committee with Justice Hill, but um, I think Gus Edwards was kind of the bell cow for a few weeks. Bell cow is in 12, 16, 14, 19 carries, uh, then dropped five, then back up to 11, 12, and then back down to eight. This next week is really going to determine where his value stands in regards to Keaton Mitchell. Um, I think they're starting to lean into Keaton Mitchell a little bit more. That was my biggest fear with Keaton Mitchell right when he broke out against Seattle was, you know, Gus Edwards isn't, um, he's not producing, or no, sorry. Keaton Mitchell isn't getting the opportunities that he would need to produce. Gus Edwards was getting those opportunities. It seems like that's going to switch around. But a lot of the time, people will buy into somebody that has, like, touched the ball three times and had, like, a touchdown. 
and 70 yards. And it was really just one play. Um, but it does feel like Keaton Mitchell is continuing to put up higher yards per carry um, and just be more efficient in general than Gus Edwards. And that that's not going to bode well for him. Don't know if Keaton Mitchell is a starter there next year. Probably not. They're probably going to draft somebody. But if they weren't going to, that situation would look like Gus Edwards would be the guy. I don't think Keaton Mitchell stays the guy. All right. A um, couple more guys to go over here. Uh, one of them being Deontay Johnson. I'm really just adding Deontay Johnson on here because I did not like what I saw last week on him. Uh, it feels like the effort there was very questionable on that. If you've seen it, that one play where they, they fumble the ball and, and Deontay Johnson just walking around. Um, I think that might come to bite him because Tomlin really is going to like trade him away or something like that. And then Deontay Johnson's value might implode. Uh, but he did end up with eight targets, four receptions and 50 yards. Uh, but it just feels like he hasn't had a great week since, you know, week nine. He ha- he started off week one was pretty good. Week seven was pretty good. Week eight, week nine. And then these past three weeks, he's been not great. So we'll see what happens to Deontay Johnson. I don't know if he's going to be a stealer much longer, to be honest. Um, and I think that's probably where he would succeed the most because honestly, he feels like it could be a future Raider. I'm just going to say it. All right. Next guy um, is Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz is going up against Denver this next week, which allows the most receiving points uh, to opposing tight ends. But Dalton Schultz, I did not see this coming. Dalton Schultz has taken a big hit in value ever since I think it's Brevin Jordan came back. Um, Very confused by this happened. I think Dalton Schultz is a great talent. Uh, I thought he had a really good rapport with CJ Stroud. Um, But his route share dropped off massively. His snap share dropped off. Ended up with two targets, one reception, or two yards. Uh, we're going to need to see a few more weeks about uh, around this, like, the shared tight end spot. But I think Dalton Schultz may have really fallen off. Um, and that sucks because I thought he was going to be the guy going on for years with C.J. Stroud. And he might even not finish a whole season as the guy for C.J. Stroud. So we'll see what that looks like. And the last guy that I want to talk about is his value has been speculated on a lot. Um, And then Mark Andrews goes down and and Isaiah likely gets the chance to step up. And I don't think Isaiah likely is going to be that guy right now. Um, You know, he, he ran a bunch of routes against Cincinnati, right? When Mark Andrews went down, he ended up with two targets. This past week, six targets, four receptions, 40 yards. But I expected a little bit more out of Mark Andrews' replacement. Um, was his best game, or second best game of the season. I think we keep our eyes on Isaiah Likely going forward, and maybe he steps up, but I don't think he does. Um, So keep an eye on Isaiah Likely going forward. But I think it's kind of the Zay Flowers show over in... Baltimore, um, or at least I hope it is. So 
that's everything I got to cover this week. I uh, appreciate you for sticking with me if you made it through the whole thing. Um, again, sorry about missing last week's. We'll figure out how to do these on the road. And Madden episodes come out Wednesday and Friday. And then we can talk about DFS stuff on Thursday. So like, subscribe, or follow wherever you listen to your podcast. Appreciate it.